Welcome to the Rewilded Human Podcast, where Dr. Lucille and Lynn will tackle your most difficult and intimate questions with candor, tough love, and a little dash of humor. In today's episode, I see this a lot in um, couples where one of the partners has ADD. Mm-hmm. The other partner just gets so frustrated that they start becoming abusive, even if they don't want to be. That's the unfortunate thing. Hello, our friends, and welcome back to the Rewilded Human Podcast. And this is episode 19. I'm removing my glasses so you don't have to look at my glare. And uh, we are so glad to have you guys back. And we're going to jump right into your questions without any further ado. Dr. Lucille, take it away. Thanks, Lynn. John is in love with two women. Hey, I'm John, and I'm going through something really tough. You see, one of the women in my life is my wife. We've been together for years, and I made a promise to be with her. But there's another woman who's come into my life, and she's made me feel something new and exciting. I'm facing a deeply complex situation. How do you deal with this kind of love challenge? Can your heart really be in love with two people at once? Do you have to choose even if it means changing everything you know? I could use some advice as I navigate this tricky path of the heart. No, John, you don't have to choose. Just marry both. You know what? Take on a third (laughs) wife, a fourth one. Why would you have to choose? You can have it all, my friend. You can have it all. First of all, you cannot Uh, be in love with two people at the same time. Because when you truly, truly love someone, you will not love another person. Not Not in a you know, romantic love. I, I don't believe you can be in love with two people at the same time. Do you think? Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Lynn. You know, what kind of love, quote unquote, are we talking about? Is it romantic mm-hmm. love or is it hormones? Is yeah. it? Uh, I mean, for sure he loves his wife or he says he loves his wife. Maybe he's comfortable with her and, you know, he she washes his underwear. So he appreciates <laughs> that. And then he's no, got... But, you know, and I, uh, we're not making fun of you, John. Really, we're yes, not. We are. There's so many people who. Hey, <laughs> okay, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to be good cop, and, and uh, Lynn is going to be bad cop on this. <laughs> I'm always the bad cop. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. What is love? I mean, that is the age old question, right? And you make a really good point, Lynn. Can you be romantically in love with more than one person? I certainly think a lot of people have tried. The problem is, what is your what is your definition of love, John? What would be love for you? What would fulfill you as love? Okay, because let's be realistic. Genuine, deep love means that you feel such a strong heart connection to the other person that you will face all the challenges that come up to make this the best relationship possible. I mean, if you really think about like the deep, enduring love, Mm -hmm. this other woman that has come into your life, you don't really know her on the deep level that you know your wife. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea if you did take up with her, whether it wouldn't turn out to be the same thing as with your marriage that, oh yeah, I love her, but oh, there's another woman who's (laughs) 
come into my life who's now given me that sense of being special and you know exciting and she's a novelty you know you have to dig really deep in your heart and ask yourself what is it that is love for me what is that truly and the difference between and love and infatuation you know infatuation like right when somebody just sweeps you off your feet and you think oh my yeah. god i'm so in love until you right. like you said until you would get down to the nitty-gritty and living daily life with that person and when you right. you know and they wake up with bad breath and you know you go through the, the normal things you deal with in a relationship and you think right. oh right. well do i do i love her so it's it's very it's it's much easier to feel like you're in love with someone that you are not actually living with and and have this long relationship with i mean obviously relationships do get stale after a while and and people start you know looking at other relationships and thinking maybe this would be better but i think the fact like you're saying that you love your wife john i think if you truly truly deeply loved your wife this would not even be an issue i mean i've been with my husband going on 30 it's going to be 30 years this may believe it it's crazy and the thing is i truly deeply love him and have connected with him on a heart soul level. He's my man. He's my soulmate. And I can honestly tell you in the 30 years that we've been together, I have not once been tempted where I started looking at another guy. Hmm, I wonder how it would be with him. You know, I was never once physically or sexually attracted to another person. I was never tempted because my heart belongs to him 100%. And even when I'm mad at him and, you know, some days I can kill him could kill him I, I wouldn't but you know that that love is still there and and I think that's true love so I think at the moment you start looking at other people and thinking of other relationships and opening up your heart to someone else then it's I don't know if I was your wife I'd be like running in the other direction and I think if a man would ever come to me and say Oh, honey, I don't know what to do. I'm in love with two people. I would tell him, you know what? Choose the other one because obviously this love isn't real. That's right. just my two cents. Uh, and I agree with you thoroughly. And, and what you're kind of implying too here, Lynn, is that if you're getting interested in another person, what is going wrong in your current relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, what's going wrong? Have there been things that have built up resentments unresolved conflicts over the years that have just kind of built up as a bit of a barrier between the two of you and you've never resolved them, uh, then that's something that really needs to be dealt with directly, where you go in there and you say, listen, why aren't we closer? What's going on? And you have those deep, deep discussions because without doing that, you are guaranteed to run into the same problem in your next relationship. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I, I think one of the things that you have to also think about, we think about, you know, love. Love is what Lynn talked about, which is you, you've got, Lynn, you've got issues in your marriage. You, you know, there are things that you could kill your husband over, but you haven't yeah. yet. But, no. you know, but the point is you, you always delve deep into your heart. What is your heart telling you? And your mm -hmm. heart, if your heart tells you, I still love this person deeply, that is genuine love. Mm -hmm. But if it's if it's more ego, it's like, oh, I feel so much more expanded. I feel like so manly. I feel so much this, so much that with this person. It's more it's when it's more ego, it's kind of like a drug. 
-hmm. and you have to, you have to keep taking the drug in order to feel good about yourself and you're depending on somebody else to make you feel good the dopamine hit. the dopamine hit and that never is sustained no. and some people go from relationship to relationship because they they need that hit constantly and once that yeah. windows yeah. away then they're on to the next one but john Absolutely. wants to know if he actually has to choose one or the other like well do yeah, I, have I mean to we choose? can tell you i mean it's up it's up to you i mean we don't we don't make the rules here we'd like to yeah we'd like I, to. we don't make the rules mm -hmm. so it's it's really up to you you have to look, really think about what we've what we've brought up here and uh and do a deep dive on yourself and say yeah. okay do i want to choose do i want to keep secrets from my wife and have uh you know this dual relationship uh and remember there will be consequences to whatever choice you make absolutely. right absolutely whatever you do so think about that think about the destruction that would happen in either situation and think about really what are realistically the rewards yeah absolutely what, and you know if you, and if you do love your wife like you say you do then then i assume she's also like your best friend and would you hurt your best friend that way you know like yeah it causes tremendous destruction it's just, it's just horrible. yeah yeah so john we don't believe you can be in love with two people at the same time you may but I, or you I, may be or you may be um deluding yourself i'm sorry to say yeah, that john but, no, you are. but, you're, but you're really right. look at yourself really look at what you're really wanting in yeah. these relationships absolutely and if your wife is important to you then smarten up you know and smarten up fast and 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 stop being a crazy man i mean no it's just this is just wrong i just don't like this question at all <laughs> sorry john but you know we wish you well <laughs> yes we do we do we definitely wish you well and we hope Genuinely. you can sort this out and, and we appreciate your question and we, we we appreciate your honesty and probably your name is not john i would not be surprised <laughs> right <laughs> but we do appreciate your question and uh we would love to hear how this all works out for you and what decision you make and if you decide to keep both of them how that works out for you please keep us posted we'd love to know this is a very common question very yeah. common dilemma. yeah so the next question is from don our friend don is back lucille he's back with another interesting question so don is asking in an age where ai is becoming increasingly involved in our lives is it healthy or potentially risky for people to form and nurture online relationships without ever meeting in person what are the potential implications of digital connections on human relationships and well-being so i'm not sure if don is asking about romantic relationships or I'm, I'm assuming he's asking about romantic relationships and not friendships because i mean obviously there's not that kind of risk with a potential online friendship as there is with an potential online relationship right i think right. his concern is that you know it's like you're are you even seeing that real person because you're seeing like a digital projection of that person you know the the filtered photos or the whatever whatever they want to project as their happy lives or their perfect lives and you know you potentially fall for someone you see their profile photo or the stories they post and everything and you fall for that person but what are the implications? Is that even a real person or is that just a digital interpretation of that person? 
is that who we are, the people that we see online on social media, or is that just one part of our lives? And what would be the implications of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm understanding um, the question correctly. I think, I think that I would get that interpretation from the question as well. Um, but it poses a bigger question too. It's not just the uh, online relationships, but the whole issue of more and more of the, uh, I don't know what you call them, people that come into our lives could be di digital. They could be. Yes. Did you see that model, that, that digital the model. model? They set up a, yeah. an online page for her and she has like hundreds, probably millions of followers by now right. and right. You know, sponsors and everything. And people don't realize that she's not real. Yes, so you know, and then when people yeah. are getting catfished and they're, you know, and it's some 50 year old guy sitting behind the thing, you know, posting photos exactly. of 20 year old women, like you see a lot of this catfishing going around. So I would think, Don, first of all, I know you're looking for a real relationship and a healthy relationship and probably online is not the best place to find it. I think, you know, you need to have real human connections and and to. And he, he's told me that he's, you know, met up with women before and it's like they are completely different than their pro profile photo Absolutely. from 10 years ago or 15 Absolutely. years ago or 20 yeah. pounds ago and stuff right. like that. So, you, yeah. you know, you don't really know what you're getting until you actually meet in person. And I'm always amazed how many people we watch with my husband, 90 Day Fiancé. Have you ever watched that, Lucille? No, I mean, never. Fiance, we are like addicted to this show on TLC and people go abroad and they bring their wives and they get married and they bring them to America or they go the other way. They move to their countries. It's, it's a really interesting show about relationships. And I think this is a reason my husband and I are still together because we see what's out there on these shows. <laughs> Right. And you're so <laughs> grateful that you have yeah, and we're like, oh my God, thank God we have this normal relationship. <laughs> but you see these people all the time and and what they're projecting online is very different to when they actually meet and their photos look completely different and, and how it's it's really easy to meet someone and to you know be on your best behavior and and people fall in love with the would you, with the idea of this person, with this image, and some of them having never spoken or never video called or video, what do you call it, video conference or whatever their thing is called, um, but they, they're just chatting and they're looking at this photo and they're completely in love with this photo, but they don't know the person. How can you be in love with someone when you never met them, you never touched them, you never felt that energy that we talk about all the time? How can you how can you actually fall in love? And people do, but you're falling in love with with an image with it's a, a story, it's a story in your own head, basically. Yes, exactly. Profile. Because, yeah. you know, until you smell the, the other person, like for me, smell is super important when you, you know, when it comes to attraction and stuff like that. So until you actually have that physical contact, how can you fall in love? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Don, you um, need to get out there and I think you need to put yourself out there and meet real people in like real situations. I think I think the the online thing is toxic. I think it's fake. I don't think it's real. I think people are always trying to put their best lives forward. Like, look at me, I'm always on vacation buying Gucci bags. I'm always happy, happy, happy. And it's not the reality at all. 
Right. It's all about ego and it's yeah. not about real heart and real authenticity. Well, real authenticity, that's a little redundant. It's not about being authentically you. It's about it's not about connecting with another heart centered human being. It's all mm. about ego. So yeah. Don, I don't think that's really going to sustain you. The other thing too is um, and this is interesting uh, uh, advice that I got from again, a professional matchmaker, which is they suggest that you don't spend a lot of time texting or online communication at the beginning. Just keep it brief, keep it short and meet. Mm -hmm. Meet. If you, if you feel there's any amount of interest, meet, because that's going to tell you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. and I like that. Yeah. And it's far, far, far better than spending, you know, and some people spend months and months online in these communications that, mm -hmm. you know, really are, they're unreal. They're unreal. Why do you want to be living a life that's not real? That's and you invest point. so much of your time and your, you know, yeah. your, your energy and everything into a relationship, which ultimately when you meet the person, they could be totally wrong for you, but you don't know that until you meet in person. Yes, so it's a yes. waste of, I, I really like that idea. And I've seen that because, you know, we watch these shows and I've seen that with matchmakers, they do say that, that to meet as soon as possible. Lucia, what has been your experience with these professional matchmakers? Like, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because I think there's a lot of people that are looking for partners. And we talked about this in a previous episode, I think it was episode 16, right? Where, you know, you recommended a professional matchmaker over these dating apps, which is mostly, mostly just hookup apps now, right? And yeah. um, so what, what has been your personal experience with these matches? Well, I, I haven't had a vast amount of experience mm -hmm. uh, because I have, uh, it's only this one dating service that I've been involved with recently. Uh, last one was like decades ago, but this one is um, their, their advice, I think is very solid very professional um i think they really do have um a sense of conscientiousness about really matching people well mm -hmm. the whole issue though is who's in your client base mm -hmm. right yeah that is the, the the professional matchmakers can be excellent at what they do but the it, they only have a certain pool to draw from mm -hmm. And that's an issue. And um, I mean, uh, and I know, Don, you and I are not at the same age, so this doesn't apply to you necessarily. But the older you get, the fewer and fewer um, matches uh, mm -hmm. are are available to you, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, and, and we talked about that in a previous episode as well, when the uh, the the person asked about dating at the age of mm -hmm. sixty. Yes. And uh, so. You have to be on your toes. If you're going to hire a professional matchmaker, you can't just hand everything over to them and say, oh, you know, I want my perfect soulmate within the next few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. No, uh, you have to be very, very patient and you have to realize you, um, you may have the best matchmaker in the entire universe, but who's in their customer base, that's something you don't have control over and you have to be really patient. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, I agree with Lynn. It is far, far, far better than going on a dating app, any dating app. And I don't care how highly rated these are, um, these some of these dating apps. It's far better if you're dealing with a human interface between you and your potential date. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree, Lucille. I think I think that's a good option. Don, let us know if you've ever tried that because we'd be very yeah. curious. And you know, we we are rooting for you. Really, we want you to find the love of your life, and we know how important that is to you. But I think you know, take everything you see online with a grain of salt. I mean, it's not real. Some of it is real, but how do you make sense of it all? I think I think you need to make real human connections and we really we're rooting for you and we wish the best for you and mm -hmm. keep, keep those questions coming because we love your questions and we love hearing yes, from you. Yes, you're our favorite fan. Yes, absolutely, Don. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so we're going on to Angela. Angela is in a common struggle with her body. I'm in my late 40s and for over 20 years, I've been very overweight. I've tried everything to lose the weight. I've lost count of all the diets I've been on. I may lose some weight with each diet, but then I stop because they're too hard to sustain and all the weight comes back on. The last diet professional I saw told me my issue was emotional and I should see a psychotherapist. This is so frustrating and demoralizing. What should I do? Mm. Well, then you're, you're more the expert in this field than I yeah. am. I, I hear this so much from women and, um, you know, many years of yo-yo dieting will destroy your metabolism completely, which makes it really, really difficult. Um, the first thing, first thing that I want to say, Angela, is first of all, you need to get this idea of dieting out of your head. The solution is not to go from one diet to another diet, you know, until you, because with every diet, basically you lose a little bit of weight. And then you stop and then you go back to your normal way of eating and you gain back the weight and then double the weight and then some. So as you as you see, whatever you've been doing for the past 20 years obviously has not worked for you. So you need to do something completely different. And I think we need to stop the diet mindset. Instead, we need to find a way of eating a lifestyle that we can sustain for the rest of our lives. Something that is healthy, that something that is nourishing your body. We need to learn to eat not for pleasure and for, you know, for the dopamine, for the, for making us feel good. We need to eat to nourish our bodies. At the same time, that can be, of course, very tasty foods that can be tasty and healthy for you as well. But you need to find a way of eating that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And I think once your body heals, then the weight starts dropping off. So, um, you know, to see a, psych a psychotherapist, I think they're just kind of um, trying to pass the ball so that they don't have to deal with you. I would suggest that you stay away from dietitians and most nutritionists because they are sponsored by, you know, Coca-Cola, Nestle, and the uh, pharmaceutical industry and everything. So you're not going to get the right kind of dietary advice, which is really important. I'm a nutritional consultant. Everything I learned is complete BS. <laughs> so um, I had to retrain myself and I learned the hard way as well, because I'm like you, I went through every single diet and I've lost weight, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight. And I'm so happy that, you know, for the past six years now that I have been able to lose the weight, keep the weight off, eat healthy foods, nourish my body. And this is, you know, during coming up on menopause, when every woman is putting on weight that I was able to do the opposite, lose weight. And I also have Hashimoto's thyroid issues. So despite all that, wow. I was able that's to lose amazing. weight and keep it off, which is, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a true challenge. <clears throat> and um, all I can tell you is what worked for me. 
And I do a lot of fasting. Fasting is a big part of my life. I don't think we need to be eating all the time. I think um, we were always fasting and then feasting. So we were hunters gatherers. And when we would catch a large animal, then the whole tribe would be feasting until the food was gone. And then there could be two, three days when we weren't able to eat. And then we'd be hunting again and we'd be fasting. So I think this is a normal state for our bodies. And we will definitely talk more about this in the next episode about fasting. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. But that worked for me. And then going on a mostly meat-based diet, keto, carnivore type of diet. And I really believe that once you get rid of most of the carbohydrates in your diet, sugar, flour, potatoes, rice, all of those things, the body starts getting rid of all the inflammation and it can finally start to heal. And with that, you know, if you're having any anxiety, depressive issues, things like that, your mind also starts to heal. They are now saying that, for example, Alzheimer's, dementia is type three diabetes and is also caused by sugar and excessive intake of carbohydrates. So our mind and bodies and our gut are so intertwined and interconnected. And once you, you know, fix your gut and your gut bacteria, then it just kind of fixes everything else. So I'm not going to talk too much about this because I could go on forever and then it's going to be a very long episode. But basically, Angela, what I would suggest is um, finding the diet for you that you can, that you love and that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And I don't, Lucille, do you think she needs to see a therapist? Do you think it could, depending on the orientation of the therapist and if they're mm -hmm. experienced working with people like this, because it does take a lot of, you need a lot of support when you're at this mm -hmm. stage. Yes, absolutely. Um, I wanted to, I mean, I, I think that what you've said is just really so key, Lynn. And, and I just wanted to insert one little thing here, which is I had, um, I have a client who is in a very similar situation and uh, what, has happened is she essentially after a lot of her own resistance she decided that she had to explore and i was very encouraging of this had to explore what are some of the underlying imbalances that are in her body that mm -hmm. may be causing this issue for her and i highly recommend if you haven't already worked with uh say a naturopath or a functional medicine specialist to at least have a consultation mm -hmm and find out if there is anything uh, going on, like an underlying diabetic condition or like thyroid, you know, issues. thyroid, thyroid yeah. issues, et cetera. <laughs> Excuse me. And in my client's case, the interesting thing is she finally went to a sleep study that she'd been resisting for such a long time. And we knew there was an issue there because her husband could not sleep in the same bedroom with her because mm -hmm. of her extremely loud snoring. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, the sleep study comes back to show that she has such an extreme level of sleep apnea yeah. mm -hmm. that the, the, the practitioner dealing with her said, you cannot go on another diet. You will totally fail because you are so your body is so oxygen deprived. It's in a chronic stressed state. And it will only resist every attempt. It, the, your metabolism will get lower and lower and lower because it will it will feel like it's under threat of dying because mm -hmm. you're already so hypoxic or low in, in oxygen. Yes. 
which came as a complete shock to her. Yeah. And I am in no way saying that that's your issue. Yeah, I no, know. but there, there could definitely be underlying issues. Absolutely. Issues. It's an example. And I'm sure that's not the only one for my client. In fact, I know that's not the only underlying issue. But you, yeah. have, to, you have to look at, like, and Lynn, I know, is very much into this. Look at the root causes. See what the root causes may be. Absolutely. And, uh, and you have to correct those. But it could be, it could also be, because I, I know people that have emotional issues and, and, and gaining weight is kind of like a protection. Yes, so this is another thing that needs to be looked at is uh, the if there's been a history of uh, abuse, trauma, whether it's sexual, physical, emotional abuse, or any unresolved losses, deaths, uh, unres uh, complicated grief issues. So that is also something that would you know, it'd be a good idea to uh, explore uh, with a psychotherapist uh, because the emotional issues are so key to every physical condition we have. Uh, we, I don't think we realize how much our, our psyches, our consciousness uh, impacts our physical health. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that would be a very important thing. Uh, why do you think Angela got so offended by that? She said that's very frustrating and demoralizing. That she was told well, to you know, because the, the whole thing is about people and again this for me sometimes indicates there is a background of abuse because that indicates a lot of shame mm -hmm. you know it's it, and you start personalizing my my obesity is a, a mark of my character it, you start identifying it with it as a um feature of you that is wrong and bad and you are defective if you get identified with your body in that way you will start having so much shame and resistance yeah uh, to, to anything that smacks of oh it's all in your head mm -hmm. there's something wrong with uh how you're thinking about this it's far far easier to say well i just haven't found the right diet you know, I don't yeah. have to look at the, the dark shadows in my past. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to feel more shame about what might come up in a psychotherapist's office. Yeah, that makes sense. Lucille, yeah. um, you, you talk a lot about your Healy device, this energy device that you use. Can that be used for weight loss as well? To help people. Oh, absolutely. Because the frequencies will. What and I don't want to. I don't want to promote it as a weight loss mm -hmm. product. Really, I'm not going there. But you have to realize that everything is frequency actually in our body. And if there's an imbalance in your body, and we most of us have many, uh, what what the frequency devices do, like the Healy, is they can detect. Well, at least the Healy can detect what the frequencies are that are out of balance, mm -hmm. and it bring to your bioenergetic field those frequencies mm -hmm. that will help to balance out the issue mm -hmm. whether it's thyroiditis whether it is uh, a low metabolism for other reasons whether it's a, a nutritional deficiency mm -hmm. it's going to bring in those frequencies that your bioenergetic field needs that it is struggling without right now mm -hmm. yes so we have to be always cognizant. That's why I think frequencies are going to be something that people really need to look at much more in the future when it Absolutely. comes to their 
no i agree because once you're in balance you know your body's in balance then it just these things just kind of happen naturally you know like that you reach your ideal weight that you're you're sleeping well your mind is working well but you need to find that balance and sometimes these frequency devices can be very helpful um angela if you want to learn more about the healy there is a link below in the description so do check that out and um yeah we wish you all the best girl you need to really yes. you really need to find you know what if there is a root problem if there is an emotional problem to uh, root to your problem and um ultimately you need to find a way of eating that you enjoy and that you can do for the rest of your life. I think that is super important. I'm so happy that I found that and I know that I will eat like this for the rest of my life. And I know that it has worked for thousands and thousands of people that I've been in contact with, I've organized retreats and things like that. So, but, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us again if you need more clarification, if you need more information. Um, also, let me recommend my book to you, The Aging Games, How to Come Out a Winner. Hope you guys can see this. Um, so I cover not just diet, exercise, but like a lot of lifestyle changes, because we always talk about this, that, you know, we need a holistic approach. It's not one thing. It's not just eat this or take this pill or do this. You need a holistic approach. And I have over a hundred different tips and hacks for a healthier lifestyle. So you might want to check this out as well, because I think this could really help you reach your goal and just to have a happier, healthier life overall. So guys, this brings us to the last question of this episode, and this is coming from Bob. Bob is feeling emotionally abused by his wife. Poor Bob. I'm ashamed to admit this, being a man, but I'm terrified of my wife's anger. Wait, did my husband write this? <laughs> Just kidding. I've got ADD, and I'm trying to get help for it, but it's hard for me to organize myself and focus on the household tasks she wants me to do. I get easily distracted with other things, including my work, and so I forget the to-do list. When she sees I didn't follow through, she flies into a rage, cursing and yelling at me. I get that my behavior frustrates the hell out of her, but I'm not doing this on purpose. She says I'm just using the ADD diagnosis as an excuse. I can't even defend myself or answer back because I'm like a deep caught, a deer caught in headlights. Things are getting worse between us. I need help. Oh, Bob. Ah, <clears throat> your wife is abusive. I mean, that's horrible. I agree. And you know, I see this a lot in um, couples where one of the partners has ADD. Mm -hmm. The other partner just gets so frustrated that they start becoming abusive, even if they don't want to be. That's the unfortunate thing, right? So something with the ADD triggers this kind of reaction from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the wife just does not understand why is it that you're not like doing simple things like, you know, we needed to start dinner an hour ago. I was at work. I told you to, to start dinner. You said you'd do it. And I come home and there's nothing ready. And this is like repeated million times every day throughout the day, you know? Yeah. Um, I have empathy for both Bob and his wife in this situation, to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. right? Um, and 
uh, ADD is actually far more common than we think it is. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when you see somebody who looks like they're constantly just, you know, like doing their own thing and they couldn't be bothered, you know, going along with what the protocol is or what the rules are, or what the to-do lists, it's easy to get into a very judgmental frame of mind and say, well, he's doing this because he disrespects me. He's doing this because he couldn't care less because he's using me. I'm supposed to do everything around here and he's not taking up any part of responsibility for the, maintaining the household. And they and you, you, it's easy to get judgmental and then take it personally. Um, and they don't understand why. I mean, you know, you're an adult, Bob. You should be doing this. I, we can do I can do this. I don't like taking up the garbage or cooking, but I have to do it. So yeah. do you. You're not, so they get into this mindset. Um, and it is very, very, very difficult. And Lucille, ADD manifests quite differently in men and in women, right? It can. It can. Yeah. Like, actually, there are seven different types of ADD, which people may not be aware of. Oh, seven different types. And for anybody with ADD or living with somebody with ADD, I would highly recommend going to the Amen Clinic's dot com website uh, because I think uh, Dr. Eamon has done a fantastic job of really studying what happens in the brain through his SPECT scans, mm -hmm. how you can actually see on an ADD individual how the brain is malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the first things that I tell people that in this situation is do your research. Do your research, understand what this condition is. And the last thing, once you understand what this condition is, the last thing you're going to do is, is um, abuse the person who's got the ADD. It makes everything worse. It yeah. really does. It makes everything worse. Their behavior falls apart even more. Yeah. So, and but there's really to... no excuse to be cursing and yeah no no it, it, i mean i can understand the frustration because it is a very frustrating set of behaviors to have to live with in a partner yeah. very frustrating yeah. you know uh, i would just say uh, it requires if you love each other it requires a tremendous degree of patience mm -hmm. and learning and working things out together cooperatively and um and you can get a lot of really, really good information in uh, resources like the Amen Clinics material. Mm -hmm. It's really very, very good. But um, this is a situation that, you know, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, screaming louder and louder at your partner and hoping for a different result. It just will not happen. It will make things worse. So another thing, too, is that, um, uh, you know, if your wife is, you know, willing to go for couple counseling, Mm -hmm. With somebody with uh, a counselor who uh, is aware of what it's like to live with somebody with ADD, mm -hmm. and, and that can be understands. very helpful. Yeah, yeah. I feel really bad for Bob. I mean, you know, I can f sense his fear, and yeah. and that's just a horrible way to live when you're when you're sure. in fear of someone in your own house. Sure. It's just, I think I really agree with you, Lucille, about the fact that you know the more he can learn about ADD or. Um, or sorry, she could learn about ADD, the wife, to understand what, you know, how to deal with Bob and how to relate to him. Um, my husband has has Asperger's. And once, you know, I realized this like four or five years ago, and I've learned everything that I could about the condition. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I've read every book and e- listened to every podcast and everything. And the more I understood it, the more patient I became because the more I understood where he was coming from and that he wasn't coming, you know, like he wasn't trying to be evil or trying to be malicious or mean or anything like that. And once you understand that, then you become a lot more compassionate. So I think, yeah. I think Bob, you could lead your wife to somehow that's why, yeah, I think the couple's counseling is a really good idea because then they can both kind of open up and hopefully the counselor would help them see things from a different perspective and help the wife to understand what he's going through and what he's experiencing as well. And, yeah. but she has to stop the abuse because it's, things are just oh, much, much absolutely. worse. If you guys don't address this, this is going to get really out of control and you don't want to get to oh. Where she's like physically abusing you because you know usually it starts with the verbal abuse and the cussing yeah. and then it kind of evolves from there and you don't want to be in that situation that's that's absolutely right. helpful yeah so bob we really feel for you um and we also really hope that your wife can come to a place of empathy and compassion and understanding and uh you know, it, uh, as always, uh, we would welcome you giving us uh, an update. Um, or if you have further questions, please submit them. And uh, we're rooting for you. We're rooting yes. for your, your marriage, too. We are, Bob. Absolutely. It's really interesting. We had an earlier in an earlier episode, you know, similar with the, the guy having the to do list from the wife and everything with the household chores. And and, and it's it's really interesting how the women, you know, they they are they are like in control at home and you got to do this and this and this and this. And it's just yeah. it really changes that the dynamic in the in the relationship. And, you know, we were saying yeah. that she kind of takes on the mother role and she's scolding you and and you didn't do the yeah. chores that you're assigned to do. And and so that's it's it's very difficult to overcome this in a, in a marriage. And I think it's very difficult for a man to you know, in his own house to be told what to do and then to be called out for it, for not doing it right. And yeah, we feel for you, Bob. And, and we do hope that you guys can resolve this because it sounds like you love your wife and, and we hope that you guys can come to an agreement and, and, and find harmony, love and peace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you so much for being uh, on this podcast with us. Uh, we have enjoyed it thoroughly as we do every podcast. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and if you can, please share this out with anybody that you think might be interested in it. Uh, We would so appreciate that. Our whole purpose is to help people really get back to the natural state of humanity that we're all meant to be in. So we are here for you, and we so appreciate your presence here. We have a real treat in store for you. The next episode is going to be my interview with Dr. Lynn Hardy uh, regarding her expertise on fasting. And I'm so glad she brought that up as a teaser in this episode because we are going to talk about everything that you would need to know about fasting, which has become such such a trend now, so many people into it. And uh, so I'm really thoroughly looking forward to it and uh, very excited about it. Me too, guys. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you in the next episode of Fasting Episode, which will be episode 20. All the best, guys. Take care. Have fun, everyone. Bye-bye. Please be aware that Lynn and I are here to provide insights, advice, stories that 
are for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of our content should be considered to be personal, medical, or mental health therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health or physical health challenge, please consult the appropriate healthcare specialist. We are here to provide the best possible content in an atmosphere of positive conversation and personal growth.